get sales lessons from experts and entrepreneurs. Go out there and be the spokesperson and the representative for the brand. On how you can bring your A game in selling. Making sales requires putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. To start and scale your business. We need to negotiate for what we deserve. This is Ace the Sales podcast and here's your host Roshni Burrania. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode where I am in conversation with Amita Jalan, CEO and founder of Traincraft, a well-known learning and development firm based out of Bangalore. I'm always intrigued and excited to talk with women from corporates who took the plunge into entrepreneurship because mindset plays a big role here. When you need to sit on the other side of the table, things look quite different, don't they? So let's talk about how this transition from being an employee to entrepreneur has been for Amita. But before I do that, a quick reminder to follow Ace the Sales on your podcast listening app because when you do that it helps us take this podcast and the valuable conversations to many more entrepreneurs just like yourself and now join me in welcoming amita to the mic hey amita welcome to ace the sales podcast so happy to have you here thank you thank you roshni for having me on ace the sales i am I'm curious and excited to see how this conversation goes. Oh, so are we. <laughs> so, uh, Amita, tell us a little bit about Traincraft, your organization, and what got you started with it. So, Traincraft is a learning and organizational development organization, and we have been in in the industry since 2005. and our primary focus is uh, designing and delivering learning interventions that can help individual contributors first line managers as well as leaders explore their highest potential bring their best selves to work have teams that are high performing that are collaborative so the whole intention is to address any behavioral issues or any behavioral challenges that individuals leaders or teams face and there we we come in with our expertise and our competency to diagnose what are the current issues that the team is facing or the individuals are facing we design interventions that lead to the organization developing moving forward that's the work that we we are currently into I think I was meant to be part of Traincraft and just a few few trajectories by the destiny led me towards Traincraft. I joined Traincraft fully in 2016. So we are talking of almost 6 years now. But before that I was associated with Traincraft as a consultant. I would offer them my services to to deliver these programs or design these programs. and in 2016 the founder director of traincraft her name is saparna jain she offered me to become a managing partner with her and i was just in the process of becoming a new mom at that time and while becoming a new mom i was also becoming mom of another child which was traincraft 
I, I did become a mom two times. That's a wonderful way to look at it, actually. <laughs> But we would actually deep dive a little bit more into this uh, transition of yours from employee to consultant to managing director. So we'll get into a little bit more of that journey. But before that, just uh, some lighthearted and uh, fast-paced questions I wanted to have with you to just uh, peep into the other side of you. So. Are you ready to take on those questions? Absolutely. Tell us one thing that we won't know or find on your website, social media profile or anywhere else in the digital world about me. Yeah? That I love cleaning. I love cleaning my home. I love setting up my home. I am I am this really house proud person who likes to do up my spaces very well. I love plants a lot. So my home decor means plants, my balcony decoration means plants. So much so that recently on my birthday my 6 year old son drew a card for me where on the cake he had made one big plant and said I'm gifting you a plant cake. Mama <laughs> love Oh my god it is so obvious that a 6 year old can also understand. <laughs> yeah yeah so I think I love doing up my house and I love being close to nature so um, when I can't go out then I bring the nature home as much as possible and most of the time my cleaning happens when I'm upset and I kind of find that as a great way to de-stress myself or I declutter my head through decluttering spaces. Awesome! That that's the same therapy I get into when I am stressed. <laughs> I am cleaning up my wardrobes or organizing the home. Uh, it's a very therapeutic actually uh, that decluttering. Good one, Amita. You are from Bangalore, right? So, tell us your favorite place in the city. There, there is a place in Bangalore called Kaban Park. and kaban park is like this really large expansive park that is there in bangalore and it has a nice area around it with 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 decently good roads which bangalore is not usually famous for so uh that space of kaban park and the space around it i i love going there i don't get a chance to go there often because um, unfortunately my son loves going more to places where where he can play a lot more or where other kids are there and so when we do have company that's the place i would really like to go more often to wonderful and uh, last question when i say successful women business owner who comes to your mind who comes to my mind so ironic right now that when you said this the two people that came to my mind was my business partner and me oh very nice that's the best example <laughs> that's the best thing self love and self appreciation good yes, one <laughs> yes you said that and i um, i i thought i'll give a more appropriate answer by giving you name of No, this is the best one. See, we we don't recognize ourselves enough and pat our back enough. So kudos to you for doing that. Okay, so Amita, let's uh, get into uh, a little bit more uh, insightful journey with you, wherein uh, you shared earlier with us that you were earlier into corporates and then you were working with Traincraft as a consultant before moving into a full time managing partner role and wearing the hat of an entrepreneur. 
So I want to dig in a little bit more with you into the mindset piece in terms of uh, what has the transition been like for you from being an employee to an entrepreneur? What were the shifts you had observed in the way you approached your work before and after? I was an employee for a very brief period. For, for a year and a half is uh, when I was in that wearing the hat of an employee. And I don't think that I set out intentionally to become an entrepreneur. But there were some values or some, some need in me, which are needs very similar to entrepreneurs currently. So the need of let's take freedom or the need of autonomy, the need to really create something of your own, which is, which is your own, the need to truly impact the people that you're working with, the need to really understand customer issues and challenges directly, rather than be at the back, back end and, you know, to be in the forefront. Those needs were quite clear in me, even when I was, I was working as an employee. And I think it was just a matter of time that I I, I was I, I would have left my job. So as an employee, I'm not I'm not very proud because I was the employee who was quite quitting that time only. I am an engineer by qualification, and it took me four years of my engineering and one and a half years of working as an engineer to figure out that I could be a good engineer, but a very sad engineer if I continued in that profession ahead. In 2008, while, while, you, while I was getting placed in different organizations and I was giving interviews, I had an interview with a CTO of an organization and I had cleared eight rounds of the interview and this was like the ninth round with the CTO. And he asked me quite basic questions about technology of how things work around. As an engineer, I am really supposed to know about how things work around me, the technical gadgets. And I did not have answers for that. So I could clear the rounds where you needed theoretical knowledge to really crack the interviews or the coding knowledge but not really the practical knowledge that you need around, which can make you a great engineer. And he left me with this thought that do machines really create curiosity in you? Are you do you really wonder about why this thing works the way it works? And clearly for me, the answer was no. But, but his question sent me down a rabbit hole on what really created curiosity in me? What is it something where I could work and I could put in the hours and not crib and complain about putting in the hours? I could, I would do more research, figure more about things. And um, that, that rabbit hole journey went on and on. I got my job as an engineer. I started working there. And there I had a chance to be in a training workshop, very similar to what we conduct right now. And we had a facilitator there who did, who, who conducted the workshop. And I think I needed those two days to know that I would love to be on the other side of the room rather be rather than be on the side that was listening to that facilitator or doing activities that she was giving. 
And that led to the quiet quitting happening at the work where I would do just what I was asked to do so that I don't get called out for my lack of performance or anything. And I also started um, figuring out in which spaces they would accept an untrained person who has no clue of the industry actually be a facilitator. And I, I, I found out two, three academies around where, you know, their need of trainers was very high. They needed people who could come and train. And they were okay to take the risk with me to let me facilitate workshops. I started doing my own research, my own work, figuring out how do you design training programs? How do you deliver them? What are the skills needed? Thankfully, um, I, I had the skill of communicating effectively. So that took me ahead in learning things well. And that's when I discovered that what generates curiosity in me is on how the mind works, how, how human behavior works, how relationships work, how habits get formed, and why are people the way they are? How do they take decisions in their life currently based on the past patterns of their own childhood? How do you move away from those patterns? And that led to courses, diplomas books, research, all of it. So much of resourcefulness uh, as an entrepreneur uh, you had to do because that, that is one of the initial traits of being a good entrepreneur. You figure out stuff for yourself, things you don't know yet. You take every attempt and every action to figure those things out. So that's wonderful that from knowing nothing about what a trainer does, you were able to figure out that, yes, how to be the best trainer in the space that you are working in, right? Yes, that's how I became a consultant. I started I started getting assignments, taking assignments. I think 2012 was the time I was most active on LinkedIn, like promoting myself that, you know, here I am, please take my services cold emails, sending contacts to people on LinkedIn, asking them, I would love to meet you, sending them my own created very horrible profile. In fact, I would want to dig into exact that arena where you didn't know anything about sending out emails, cold emailing, sending out DMs, because that comes with a lot of uh, inhibition also putting yourself out there and in a, a way that you are uh, selling something selling your services selling your brand your personality because in the initial space you yourself are the business so that would have been really challenging for you right or was it very easy what was the experience when i go back to those times and think about it i think uh, challenging would not be the word i was really really desperate to make my mark in the industry so there was this, uh, you can call it desperation or you can call it fire in the belly that I just, I just wanted to be in this industry because for me, it was like a child who had finally figured out what she wanted and this was her candy land. And now she will do everything to get the candies that she wants. A lot of these inhibitions and voices that, that I currently am in touch with, in currently with my reality, 
were were voices that were put aside that we will come to you later okay we don't have time for inhibitions and all these issues right now there is there is big stuff to be done right now see there was also the fam- family dynamics who were thinking that you know what exactly is this girl doing by leaving a very well cushioned very well settled engineering job which has a very predictable trajectory to it and moving into a space that they did not understand so for the longest time my family described me as an english language trainer because they did not have the terminology or saying uh, she does personality development programs and whereas the work i was doing was quite different so there was this thing that i have taken this risk to change my career and before anyone else i have to tell myself that you know amita the decision that you took was was really worth it somewhere in my gut i knew that this is my industry i love being a facilitator i love diagnosing issues that are happening with individuals and team and design programs and now but i don't know how to do it so let's figure out a way how to do it so i would reach out on linkedin to people who had who had a trajectory of career that i wanted for myself so reaching out to them for either advice or for working with them and it was in one of these cold dms that i wrote to the founder of founder director of traincraft is how traincraft happened to me hey there hope you've been loving the episode so far just wanted to take a moment to invite you to ace the sales club which is a tribe of women small business owners who dream dare and do amazing stuff if that's you which i'm sure you are just sign up for it from the link given in show notes as every month we share with you tools and resources that can save you time save you money or help you make more money as a solopreneur so sign up for the club from the link given in show notes and now back to the episode wonderful so you know you will never uh, you cannot ever imagine what opportunities come through you just have to persist through the actions of it but uh, what i also hear you saying is that uh, while you loved the work that was on the uh, plate that uh, helping people helping them realize their full potential and working with the mind not the machine there also is the second aspect of being a business owner or a consultant or a solopreneur that uh, you have to sell all of those services and uh, when you were doing those dms and uh, you were doing those cold pitches were there any, ever any time when you felt that oh i'm not getting the kind of response that i am expecting from people or i'm not whatever i have in mind whatever passion and the intention i have with me with in terms of my services it is not being accepted the way i want people to accept it so how did you deal with that rejection which we say in uh, sales uh, what was it like for you when people didn't respond you know it 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 does get very challenging because when when someone does reject your profile or or says that okay we are not looking for this right now we want something else it gets very easy to internalize that rejection and think that that is 
you getting rejected as a person or you getting rejected for the competency that you bring to the table and self doubt has been like the voice that has always been there in the background and it has been it has been a journey to accept and acknowledge that voice before i put that before i silenced that voice so there were enough and more situations where i felt did you did you really do the right thing like are you really cut out for this because you still don't have the degree or the qualifications to back the profession that you are in and uh, you know with that with there was that traditional mindset that you know you would need like a masters in psychology you would need to undergo train the trainer yourself before you project yourself as someone and uh, there were a lot of those moments of doubt even as a consultant i think the doubts start arising financially as well when you see that your peers who are taking a traditional structured path of career are reaching a certain place they are getting a stable income coming in there into their bank accounts every month vis-a-vis there you are all lost and you know a months where you are making great money and then there are months that are that are lull that are silent and the training industry was subject to those recessions at many periods because training is still seen as a support function so whenever organizations have to cut budgets i think the first place that they cut budgets are the learning which would directly impact my work so how did you navigate through that like what were your tools uh, because you are in the business of training and giving them equipping people with those tools right so what were the tools that you used yourself to overcome all this i think the first was my firm conviction that this is the place that i'm meant to be now others can keep rejecting or saying what they have to but because at the same time there were positives as well so i there were programs that were going great there was also a client who was giving me more work and i needed to use those evidences and put them in the foreground and put these rejections in the background as my coping mechanism to be resilient and to keep moving on that while there is this list of 10 rejections there are these two acceptance also that has come there is this program of yours that has got phenomenal feedback and they have come back to you with more work it may not be as much as the rejection ones but there is something coming and to keep using the energy of that to move forward was was i think one tool that i did use for myself and second was there was a belief that that there is a time and at each time things will happen for you and you need to believe in the goodness of the universe that you may be expecting things at a certain pace which is which is super fast which is one accomplishment after the another after the other but there is a time there is a learning in this you need to take this learning before you are ready for something next so i think my own self talk with myself 
with some positive evidences was were, were some things that kept me going that's so beautiful because uh, that's what i also emphasize a lot in the conversations that we have on this podcast is that while there is a strategic element to the entire piece of selling and sales there is also a very a uh, spiritual and uh, a personal level where you have to be very self aware so self awareness and strategy are both the aspects of both the sides of the coin when it comes to sales and selling so thanks for reinforcing that so one question that comes to my mind uh, amita so of course you've shared with us the initial days of your work as a consultant where you were doing dms and all of that so what are some key differences that you have observed in the way you used to do sell at that point of time in 2015 or 16 when you started out and was this now what is the difference i think one difference is that uh, you know obviously now i am i am representing traincraft so i am the ceo at traincraft right now but i consider traincraft as a separate organism an organism that breathes an organized organism that has a life of its own and i am responsible for traincraft so my degree of ownership and accountability which i had towards myself i would still be lax about it there would be days i would like not bother but here i i feel very responsible for this this organization so the ownership has has really changed ways also when you talk as an individual consultant to an organization the language is very different because vis-a-vis when you talk as a business to a business and for me at that time i felt okay you're just a consultant okay it's fine if the organization behaves in a certain way or they show their power on you and they leverage that authority and power but currently i feel that i am in a much more equal relationship with the clients that we deal with because i don't see myself as an individual right now i am responsible for an organization so the way i talk the way i respond to the clients the way we project ourselves on linkedin is very different the way i would project myself as an individual i can choose to be inconsistent with my own personal page i would not be inconsistent with traincraft's linkedin page because is there no it's just my scope of control is just me and here i am creating a brand so you are representing a business brand and uh, that's what has added to your authority and credibility and the way you project yourself in front of your clients or prospects that's a great uh, element and the way and a way to see your approach to selling and approach to conversations with clients yeah yeah so for me to move from that very independent framework where i used to call myself as an independent consultant to traincraft i totally believe interdependence is the way for traincraft to grow for me to grow and whoever who engages with traincraft for them to grow great insight uh, amita last question 
what's your message to the women entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast? Because uh, most of our listeners are uh, women solopreneurs and entrepreneurs uh, who want to learn more about selling. So what's your advice? How can they fall in love with selling? I think as, as women know, a lot of us have been told to be small, to play small, to be soft and to keep our demands also soft. So I think my biggest advice would be to start owning yourself and to own your presence in the room. So when you go for a, for a sales pitch, then you don't take the corner seat in the room. You take the center stage in the room. You expand your presence. When you speak, you don't apologize and then start a sentence. You don't be tentative about your pitch, but you own your voice in that moment. Um, there is also this, this theory around don't blow your own trumpet. And I would like to really advise all women entrepreneurs out there that please, please blow your trumpet because who else, who else will who else? blow your trumpet then? And you know, if, if you are not your biggest spokesperson, then who will be your biggest spokesperson? So to really claim your achievements, to own your voice, to own your own the space where you are sitting gate, to own your doubts and fears as well, I think to, to this, this thing of second guessing, to know that there is something that you're second guessing yourself for always, and you still go ahead and do it anyway. You second guess your pitch, you still go ahead and make your pitch anyway. You second guess, should I reach out to my friend for, for that contact? You reach out anyway. You second guess, is this content appropriate for LinkedIn? Should I really be posting it or not? Will it show my vulnerable side? But should I come across as sorted and grounded? you post it anyway. So I think just to own yourself and reclaim who you are and, uh, and, and really get in touch with your intuition and follow that gut would be my advice because I think women are phenomenal and the resources they have, the kind of financial wisdom they have is, is really, really astute. We've, we've seen our mothers be financially so wise from our childhood in the way they saved money, in the way they took care of the rainy days. That means all that wisdom is resting in us. So to just access that wisdom and not to be apologetic about being ambitious. Like you are ambitious, you would like to earn more money, then don't, don't be apologetic about it. Like you own your ambition that, yes, I, I really want to be freaking successful and show myself in this world. Wonderful, wonderful advice, Amita. Own your space, own your voice, own the center seat at the table. So that's a great, great uh, advice to the women entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for sharing all those insights and your journey with us. It was a lovely conversation. Thanks so much for being on Ace the Sales podcast. that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you found any value in today's episode then remember to recommend ace the sales podcast to at least one of your business buddies 
you never know what insight they will get that can help them in their business so do some good karma today finally a loud shout out and thank you to the production team of done for you podcast who helped me in bringing this show to you if you too are looking to start your podcast for the business get in touch with dfip from the link given in show notes join me in the next episode for yet another conversation that can help you fall in love with selling till then take very good care of yourself this is your host roshni baronia signing off Thank you.